Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers lost the series for the first time in a long time. We'll talk about the series. We'll talk about the unfortunate role the umpire played in it and the unfortunate role the pitching played in it. And then we will talk about maybe some good news or at least some exciting news on the horizon on the pitching front with some top prospects joining the rotation. And we'll talk a little bit about the offense and what the pitching issues could mean for the Dodgers offensive needs. That's what's on tap. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Or even better, you can subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you can become an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And Vince, the last many episodes, we have been able to focus on series wins and series sweeps and, you know, success. And for the first time since uh, April, mid-April, we now have to talk about the Dodgers losing a series. They lost three out of four to the Cardinals. And uh, yeah, it was it was kind of ugly for the whole weekend. Yeah, wasn't. Very ugly on the pitching side, not as ugly offensively, but, uh, you know, when you score runs, but you allow more runs, uh, it's not that fun. So, yeah, there's a lot to get into coming from it. You know, we'll spend a little time about the actual series right now, uh, but hopefully this is just one of those series where we look back and like, man, that, that series sucked, but uh, they ended up being all right. Yeah, you know, the things happen and you can, any ser- any season, even a season that turned out great, uh, you can always point to times when it was like, oh, that sucked, you know. Uh, and, and so hopefully I, I thought about just doing a full episode of just call it reasons for optimism uh, coming out of this series just to make people mad. Because I know people want to be angry about a series loss. And uh, so we're not going to do that. Uh, I do think there's plenty of reason for optimism. The, the fact is the Dodgers lost this series mostly because their pitching is just in shambles right now. And, and so while it doesn't bode well for, you know, Right now, the current state of the Dodgers, uh, everybody likes to think about the postseason. I don't think this series loss to the Cardinals tells us anything at all about the Dodgers' chances in the postseason because we don't have any idea who's going to be healthy, how healthy they're going to be, and all that in October. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Dodgers are just getting all their injuries and slumps out of the way right now so that when October does roll around, they can all just be healthy and firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I guess, you know, like I said, the, we can take solace offensively in the fact that the Dodgers almost came back one of the days, uh, and then the pitching, or a couple of times the Dodgers came back or almost came back, and then the pitching let it get out of hand even more so. And, you know, when you ask your bullpen to cover six, seven, five, six, seven innings, pretty much every game for the last week, you know, and we saw, you know, there, there's guys that are struggling, there's guys – you know, that, that's the other part, too, is, like, they need to kind of get this reset to where they have guys that are health or not healthy. Well, healthy, yeah, but guys that are uh, rested again to see, okay, is this guy not good or is he just 
running off fumes because he pitched so much recently. Like Justin Brule had been really good. He's thrown a lot and, you know, they sent him down. Then he came back one day later and he's, you know, had to throw. And then he, you know, struggled. And Victor Gonzalez has had to throw probably more than he's had. Well, definitely more than he's had the last couple of years, uh, you know, and he gives up a big home run and he's been lights out. So, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, we need a reset to where these guys are rested again. And then we can say, okay, is this guy not good or was he just not rested? Yeah, Gonzalez, it's easy for me to dismiss as he made a bad pitch, you know, and, and you know, the he get, he had given up a hit. They intentionally walk Paul Goldschmidt, which, you know, you could quibble with that decision, but I, I didn't mind it because it sets up the lefty-lefty. Gorman has less speed, so it sets up a double play. All of that stuff, you know, it didn't work out. But, you know, maybe it's because it was at Bush Stadium and it was a big, ugly left-hander hitting a home run off a tough lefty that it's easy for me to draw parallels to Matt Adams in 2014, which – Fox was nice enough to show that home run during the game. Like, come on, guys. Uh, but, you know, people talk about Kershaw in that series, that he was terrible in that series. No, he was lights out in the first game until that seventh inning when the Cardinals got a bunch. And he was lights out in game whatever Fat Adams game, uh, except for that one pitch to Fat Adams. And so for me, it's, uh, you know, Gonzalez made a bad pitch. And, you know, it doesn't tell me anything. I'm not worried about Victor Gonzalez at all. And like you said, the offense did battle back in the first game of the series when they, uh, you know, they were down by seven, they ended up pulling within one and then ended up losing by eight or whatever. Uh, but the offense showed a lot there. And then in that game three, uh, the Victor Gonzalez game immediately after the, the Dylan Carlson home run, uh, the offense battled back. And, you know, I, I promised our listeners uh, a few weeks ago that I am only going to spend one more segment the rest of the season complaining about the umpires. And so this is not going to be it because it's not going to be a full segment, but I'm going to spend 30 seconds right now. Look, Paul Emmel actually had a really good game until the ninth inning behind the plate on Saturday, but that ninth inning was brutal. The Dodgers had second and third, one out. Will Smith at the plate. Will Smith walks to load the bases with one out uh, and to, to load the bases with one out for Mookie Betts. Paul Emmel decides, oh no, that wasn't actually ball four. That was strike two. Smith ends up hitting a sack fly. So instead of Six to four, bases loaded, one out. It's six to five, runner on second, two outs. Then Mookie Betts walks, and Paul Emmel decides, no, instead of ball four, I'm going to call that strike three. So instead of six to five, bases loaded, one out for Freddie Freeman, it's game over, Dodgers lose. And it's, I have nothing personal against Paul Emmel. I hope he lives a perfectly happy life. I don't even really blame him. I blame freaking Rob Manfred for not giving us robot umps yet because the fact is we have the technology to get those calls right. And when the Dodgers lose a game, I don't like bad calls by umpires anyway. They frustrate me even when they go in the Dodgers' favor. But when it literally costs the Dodgers a game, two different bad calls costing the Dodgers a game, it's ridiculous and uh, – I'm glad I didn't spend a whole segment on it so I can bank that one because I still got one more coming later this season. I'm sure it's going to get a, come at me again, but that that was so ridiculously frustrating. Yeah, and then on Sunday, it was just the inconsistent, you know, the same pitch would be called a ball that would be called a strike on the next pitch, which is why Muncie ended up saying why he got ejected. He said that he felt like the Cardinals' uh, catchers were bullying the, the umpire into, you know, changing call like from pitch to pitch like oh man you know complain about a call and the next time the pitch is in the same spot and then it was opposite of the last call so you know Muncie frustrated ended up getting thrown out by the umpire at third base who was the umpire behind the plate the day before so there was just a lot of frustration with the umpires and 
you know, I think I, I forget, must, I forget where it was. I saw an article, some basically like saying like umpires are better than ever, and it's like, okay, that doesn't mean anything because they're st- they're still not one hundred percent. So like, what's the point of them being better than ever? Like, you know, ninety nine percent if you're in a class is cool. Ninety nine percent when you when one hundred percent can be guaranteed is not as cool. And ninety four percent, which is the actual average. People think, oh, that's an A. No, that's an F when it comes to umpiring. It's, it sucks. And Paul Emmel's 97%. Sorry, the two of the four calls you blew were really, really big in the game and literally changed the outcome of the game. So, no, you get an F too. 97% equals F for you, Paul Emmel. And, yeah, uh, our buddy Pat Dwyer sent us a message that I thought was interesting, wondering if because that game was on Fox, nationally televised a little bit bigger audience, if that might spur a little bit of – momentum towards the robot umps uh just because and honestly saturday even though i hate the challenge system i would have taken a challenge system because will smith he knew that was ball four he would have said hey ball four challenge it he would have won mookie smith uh, mookie smith that's a new the dodgers new player he's on the pitching staff now mookie best was hey challenge that oh ball four like it's but you know just get the calls right come on rob manfred it's not that hard i'm sure you're deep down inside a smart guy get it done I actually liked when I saw the, the for the first time the the uh, challenge system in AAA. I didn't mind it at all. I hate it. I if you got the the ability to get the calls right, just get the calls right. Don't I, I I get enough excitement from my baseball. I don't need you to create a new game that they're playing inside the game of baseball. But you know, it would be better than losing a game because Paul Emmel can't see because he has gnarled, useless eyes. But whatever. Uh, all right. We're going to come back. There's a little bit of hope on the horizon, or at least excitement on the horizon. On the pitching staff side, uh, the couple of top prospects will be in the rotation this week through. We're going to be talking about that. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. We also want to remind you, if you are unable to watch the Dodgers, you know, they play uh, today at 4.20 p.m. uh, in Atlanta. You might be still at work at that time, so you can't plop down in front of the TV to watch it. Well, you can check out the game on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Uh, if you're on the app, the SXM app, just search for Dodgers. If you're on the SiriusXM in your car, just pull up channel. Let's see, this game will be on channel 180 on your SiriusXM radio. And, of course, you can always also listen to this podcast on the SXM app just by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you are watching this episode on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments section below. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. We'll give you all the con- contact info at the end like we always do. Uh, but Vince, there's some excitement. I, 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 I never know if it's like good news or just exciting news because what we've seen is that rookie pitchers don't always come in and make a huge splash and, and really help the team as much as we hope they're going to. But it is a glimpse into the future. We found out 
uh, for sure from Dave Roberts that Gavin Stone is, at least for now, taking Dustin May's spot in the rotation. I guess we didn't mention yet Julio Urias went on the injured list too. He's probably only going to miss the 15-day minimum. They they don't seem to think it's very serious, although we've heard that story before with other injuries. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, tough to tell if his terrible performance against the Cardinals had anything to do with this injury or if they're unrelated. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see after 15 days when he comes back and see, see if he gets things figured out. Uh, but so they need to fill that hole too. And Dave Roberts hasn't confirmed this, but there are reports that have been confirmed by multiple media sources that Bobby Miller, the Dodgers top pitching prospect will be making his debut on Tuesday in Atlanta uh, so Gavin Stone tonight in Atlanta and Bobby Miller tomorrow. And uh, that's that's pretty darn exciting. That's the Dodgers' top two pitching prospects, both de- debuting this year. Uh, I I drove down for, uh, for Gavin Stone's debut. I don't think I'm going to fly to Atlanta on Tuesday for Bobby Miller's debut, although I would like to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think that you nailed it. I mean, it's exciting, you know, and then we ended up both being at Gavin Stone's uh, debut and it, wasn't Went good. great <laughs> yeah so uh and there's been you know previous debuts in the past pitching wide pitching wise that you know we're excited for but then they don't end up really being that great um but you know maybe bobby miller's going to be that guy that that you know becomes the you know spent he's going to be facing off against spencer strider if he can have a spencer strider like i don't think they're going to leave him up that long but if he can have a spencer strider like you know game uh that, that's ideal it, the the part that's a little bit worrisome, though, is that it is against the Braves, who are one of the best teams in baseball right now. The fact that the Dodgers are coming off, like I said, having to cover so many innings with the bullpen, and realistically, you're not expecting more than five innings from each of them. So, like, you're still expecting your bullpen to cover three or four innings, depending if you're winning or losing. Uh, but you throw all that out of the window, you get excited. You're going to see Gavin Stone. You're going to see Bob Miller. You're going to see a little bit, you know, hopefully uh, better – better bounce back from stone. Hopefully his changeups working a little bit better. He can get some swings and misses. Uh, and then we're going to see Bobby Miller who, who had his best start in AAA, his previous start. Uh, he's going to come up. I'm sure he'll be amped up. If he can keep, if he can be amped up, but not out of control. Uh, we're definitely going to see him touch like one Oh two at one point, And it's going to be fun and exciting. And like I said, if they can each get five innings, that's still going to be a win. Um, at this point, you know, the innings are almost more important than the runs. Uh, at least for the next three days. Yeah, the good news is, or good news, uh, Clayton Kershaw is finally taking his bereavement uh, for the funeral for his mom. Uh, he's made two starts since she passed away, uh, but he, he is taking his bereavement. So the Dodgers will have nine relievers on the roster for the next few days. Uh, the fact that, you know, like we were talking about in the first segment, there's burnout. There's also the fact that when you're going through that many relievers, you end up with guys like Wander Suero and Tyler Sir and whoever else who probably aren't currently major league pitchers uh, in your bullpen. And so it's not just the good guys being worn out. It's also that more of your innings are being thrown by guys who probably ought to be in AAA somewhere. And so, yeah, it would be really, really nice if these guys could come through. But either way, uh, it's, you know, I remember in 2017, the Dodgers called up Walker Bueller, but not till kind of late in the season. And there was kind of some hope that he would be able to be on the postseason roster. And and he just wasn't ready. And so they ended up with a bullpen that had, you know, Brandon McCarthy and 
I'm trying to think of everybody who hit home runs in, in, in game two of the World Series off the Dodgers bullpen. It's like, you know, or all the all the pitchers who gave up home runs, you know, that but they Josh had field. Uh, uh, you know, because Walker Bueller wasn't ready. So hopefully by getting Stone and Miller up earlier in the season, even though, like you said, Bobby Miller's probably not gonna stay for too long. I, I would love it if they let him stay for the whole 15 days that Julio's out, let him make two or even three starts. Uh, we, we'll see if they do. Um, but you know, e- even that it's getting them experience and they are more likely to be able to contribute in October. And, and Miller, especially is a guy who you could definitely see as a bullpen piece in the postseason this year, because he does throw, you know, over a hundred miles an hour. He could be a guy who, even if he's not stretched out, he could be a, whether you want him as a two or three inning reliever or a, a closer, a shutdown closer, high leverage reliever kind of guy. You know, he could fill that role, and these guys getting the, their big league legs under them in May is going to help with that, increase the possibility of them being able to contribute in October. But I, I really want them to just throw six innings each. You know, six innings, four runs allowed, trust the offense to to score more than that and, and just call it a day. Problem is if they're allowing four runs, they're probably throwing too many pitches that really get to six innings, and, and that's the challenging part. But, yeah, I mean, they're young. they got fresh arms. Just let them throw 120 pitches, right? Hey, you know. No one Ryan would have. Yeah. It, it, it'll work out in the short term. Uh, maybe not so much in the long <laughs> term, but, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, it, like I said, it, it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, you know, Stone, Miller, like I said, they they – you, know, you just don't know. And you know, at this point, you don't really know what the, any of the Dodgers starters, what you're going to get. So, you know, it's kind of a, a mixed, inconsistent bag in general. Other than, you know, Kershaw's last two starts were a little bit uncharacteristic for him, but everyone else you don't know. But I, I agree with the with the Miller point of, you know, just let them stay up. What You know, they don't have anybody else that's coming. Well, I guess Michael Grove. But if Miller is halfway decent this first start, I think you got to let him stay for another start. Uh, let Michael Grove either come back and be ready to piggyback any of those two on their next starts if they do struggle or just be an extra arm in the bullpen. If, you know, he threw four and a third for OKC, he did, he did pretty, pretty well. His, all his stuff was back to normal, at least in terms of velocity. So, you know, that's the other guy there, but if, if Bobby Miller can make it through five innings, I think he's got to be able to stick around for at least one more start. Yeah. And the fact is, you know, the Dodgers currently have three healthy starters. That's Clayton Kershaw, Tony Gonsolin, and Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you know, Syndergaard, he is maybe the biggest beneficiary of the these injuries because the Dodgers didn't have to make a decision, okay, how long do we let Syndergaard keep stinking up the joint before we call up Gavin Stone or Bobby Miller? Because, you know, we had to call them up anyway. But, you know, when guys get healthy uh, – Syndergaard, who knows if he's going to stick around because he's just not giving the Dodgers what they need. We've probably spent way too many minutes on this on other episodes of this podcast talking about Noah Syndergaard not giving the Dodgers what they need. Uh, but you know, I, I think there's room even when May. You know, I'm Dustin May is going to be out till after the All Star break, and Julio hopefully is going to be back. But uh, you know, you you have Gavin St- or Michael Grove who he's a lesser pitcher than Miller and stone. And you have Ryan Pepio who's got the major league experience, but he's probably out till the all-star break. Uh, he thing he's not progressing well in his recovery. So yeah, there could be a runway here. And we kind of knew going into the season, we talked a lot about how with this particular rotation, there are going to be injuries. There's going to be guys who need rest. And so there's going to be opportunities for Miller and stone and, and all these guys 
we didn't necessarily expect, or at least we hoped it wouldn't be this many at once. But the fact is, it is. And and so we're going to get to see this. And the, the timing kind of sucks that the Dodgers are coming off their first series loss in, in a while. Now they play you know, two of the best teams in baseball over the next six, six games. It's a, it's a rough time to be struggling with your pitching. Uh, but it also, like I said early in the episode, doesn't really tell you anything about October. This is kind of one of those stretches of the season that the Dodgers are just going to have to get through, power through, and, and get healthy, and then you know hope that the, the same health issues and pitching issues don't strike in October. It can tell you, though, if these two aren't ready – that they're you know that they might need to do something before for October. So that's I guess the one thing you could see. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna come back in a minute. We're gonna talk not exactly about the pitching situation, but about what the pitching situation means for the offensive situation. So that's what's on tap. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans and owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. But unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So, so Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. And the rewards can be pretty awesome. So rare MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three or four day cycle. At the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending upon the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com slash locked on to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodge your first assistant. Also, also want to remind you that if you want to listen to today's game against the Braves or any Dodger game with the hometown radio broadcast, you can do that on Sirius XM and the SXM app. On the app, you just search for Dodgers or on your Sirius XM radio. Uh, today's game is on channel 180. Uh, tomorrow's channel 182. And then the last game against the Braves uh, is on channel 89, MLB Network Radio. So SXM app, search for Dodgers or on your Sirius XM radio. And Vince, I one of the thoughts I had this weekend as we were watching the Dodgers struggle, even though, like we like you said earlier, the, the, the offense did okay this weekend. Um, but I feel like there's an argument to be made that the offense is going to be need to be better than okay over the next few weeks with the pitching the way it is. They're going to really need to step up and kind of give these these young pitchers, these struggling pitchers, it would be nice to jump out to a four nothing lead instead of being down four nothing. You know, jump out to a four nothing lead so that pitchers can pitch more efficiently, pitch the contact, all those things that can help a team get. Uh, uh, pitcher get deeper in the game, uh, an explosive offense would help with that. And for me, like, it seems weird, but I feel like the the Dodgers pitching situation means it's even harder to make a case for 0 for 38 Trace Thompson to ever, ever get a plate appearance. Like right now, the Dodgers can't afford to be given plate appearances to Trace Thompson and Austin Barnes. Uh, 
when they need every run they can get. Yeah, I mean, over 38 any year should it really get you too much runway. Uh, over 38 in this season when the Dodgers do need somebody that, one, can hit left-handers or just hit in general, uh, and two, still provide, you know, somewhat, I guess, def- you know, they're not really using Trace defensively that often. So it's not like they need, you know, the defense. With Peralta and Hayward and Outman and, you know, Taylor, if they're in the outfield, they have enough there defensively. And it really comes down to the offense. And, you know, there's there's minimal upgrades you can make right now. Like there's a, probably a lot of, not a lot, or a handful of upgrades out there for Trace Thompson specifically right now. Now, you know, upgrades at other positions or, you know, overall upgrades are probably a little bit scarce just because teams aren't looking to trade in May yet. Uh, but obviously they're going to be waiting for those teams to kind of start dropping out and see what they can get from them. But, you know, there's guys getting DFA'd all the time that can hit lefties, and they've, they've found those guys in the past. You know, Justin Ruggiano in the past is one name you remember. A uh, guy came up and could hit lefties. And, you know, I know there was some Darren Ruff chatter from people on, on social media the other day after the, he was let go. Uh, he ended up signing with the Brewers, I think. So, you know, that's kind of off the table. But at this point, you know, that guy's, you know, Trey specifically, you know, Austin Barnes specifically, like, you know, is is – he got what two starts this week, I think. And like, yeah, I, you know, Will Smith needs days off, but he doesn't need two days off a week. Uh, realistically, he only needs one, especially with the built in extra. You know, I know they're on a stretch right now of a lot of days in a row, but uh, they have the day off Thursday. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be playing these next three days, especially with the day off Thursday. So I think they're going to have to recalibrate a little bit. And this next week will tell a lot too. Like, the Braves and the Rays, uh, you know, they're still 10 games over 500 right now. They're still, you know, they're still comfortable in themselves, but, you know, at, at a certain point, you're going to have to realize, okay, like, you know, we do need the offense to step up a little bit more. And we do need to put up more runs because we do need to supplement the pitching a little bit as we get through this rough patch. And, uh, you know, obviously Trace and Austin Barnes are the, are the main ones, but you never know. There could be some surprising things that happen if anybody opens up or if they, you know, just decide to promote some guys from the, from the minors. Most of the guys in the minors are outfielders, so it would be Trace anyways, but uh, you never know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Aaron Hicks? Do you have any, the, the Yankees DFA'd Aaron Hicks the other day. I suspect he's going to clear waivers because they still owe him. What almost is it? 30 uh, mil. Yeah. Almost $30 million. Uh, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Counting this year. Yeah. So it, it's a lot of money. Uh, two years left on his contract plus a team option for 2026. So he'll probably clear waivers, but I would expect that once he is a free agent and uh, free to sign with any team, I would think the Dodgers would be an attractive option for him. Uh, and he'll be looking for the best situation because it's going to cost every team the same amount, paying the pro-rated pro league minimum. I would think that he might be attracted to going to the Dodgers as far as chance to win an obvious role for him, just slotting in, hey, you're Trace Thompson, but who can hit? Uh, and, you know, Aaron Hicks isn't a great hitter, but he hits lefties well, uh, which is something that, that Trace Thompson was supposed to do but doesn't. Uh, he and It doesn't hit lefties great, but he hits lefties just fine and has hit them great at times in his career. And he plays good defense. He's like, uh, you could call him Darren Ruff, but can play defense if you want to go that route. Uh, and, and so either way, whether he's Trace Thompson who can hit or Darren Ruff who can play defense, I think both of those are better than Trace Thompson who can't hit. Yeah, like I said, at this point, uh, a 070 batting average is better than a zero batting average. Like, and, and if you're going to get 
like I said, Trace has defensive value, but the Dodgers don't necessarily need defensive value. They need more offensive value uh, just based on, like, the positioning. Now, obviously, they're not going to go out and get someone that can't play left field because they already have a DH and, you know, whatever, unless that guy is, like, you know, unless Hanley Ramirez's brother, uh, I don't think if he has a brother, but, like, if, if Hanley Ramirez's clone came out and said, oh, I can sign with any team, I'm sure the Dodgers would go after him and just stick him left field and uh, hope for the best. But, like I said, there's not going to be too many options now, but at this point, minimal upgrade is an upgrade. And, you know, Aaron Hicks, we we didn't see it so much with Joey Gallo, and he kind of talked about it, you know, how he had to reinvent his whole swing. So what the Dodgers tried to help him with last year, it just wasn't ever going to really settle in. He did a little bit better than he did with the Yankees, but not much. Uh, but Hicks, you know, by the end of it was almost in Joey Gallo territory of getting booed a lot. And, you know, everyone, I saw a lot of, Yankee fans very happy that he got DFA this past weekend. So, you know, that's a tough environment to be in. Dodger fans at this point are, I think, a little bit nicer. And, uh, you know, they, they'd welcome him with open arms. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron Hicks, at his best, doesn't strike out a ton, you know, a little less than league average, and walks more than league average. He fits more with the Dodgers mold. He also is an L.A. kid. He went to Woodrow Wilson High School in Long Beach. Without looking, do you know where he was born, Vince? No. I'll give you a hint. It's where you're from. Oh, I didn't know he's from Pedro. The old San Pedro. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he ever lived there. It was just as he was born there. Uh, but yeah, he went to Woodrow Wilson High School in Long Beach. So you assume he's a Dodger fan uh, or grew up a Dodger fan. So another reason it might appeal to him. Like, I, I love Trace Thompson. I, I I feel bad how much time we've spent on this podcast saying Trace Thompson needs to be off this team because I really like the guy. You know, whether it's the the Lakers nostalgia or the you know, 2016, 2017 nostalgia, or even the 2022 nostalgia. There's so much to like about Trace Thompson. He's such a likable guy, but I'm not that interested in being likable right now. I'm interested in an outfielder who can hit a baseball and that's just not him. And, and I hate it. And I wish it was, but it's not. Yeah. like we've, I mean, we've had guys get long leashes in the past, but that's when the Dodgers were going to realistically comfortably be the NL West leaders and even 2018, when they were, you know, kind of just fighting with the Rockies that entire year, even then they didn't jump in until like half more than halfway through the season into the line changes that we used to call it, where the, you know, a different lineup against righties and a completely different lineup against lefties. I don't think they can wait that long this year, just realistically, just based on the fact that, you know, the, the Diamondbacks look like they're going to stick around. You would imagine the Padres are going to turn it around at some point. You, you know, you have to count on that. You can't count on them not being good. So, you know, you can't really, you don't realistically have that leash, especially like I said, with the pitching, you know, Decime, we're hoping he's back after the, after the all-star break, but that's not a guarantee. You know, Pepio's out, you know, we, we don't know Julio's been a mixed bag and, you know, maybe, he, maybe he'll find something mechanically on this, on this IL stint, but you never know. And then, you know, Gonsolin hasn't ever really had a whole full healthy season. You know, Kershaw hasn't had a full healthy season forever. So there's still a lot of question marks to where if you can get something a little more definitive in the lineup, that's what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's important right now. It's important always, but you know, like I said, this is going to be a stretch that Dodgers have to weather through and do what they can. And hopefully, you know, it would be really nice if the offense could show up for these games against the Braves and the Rays and, and bring home some wins. You know, I, I, I don't need series sweeps. I'm not going to be that uh, selfish right now, that greedy, you know, g- give me, give me three wins in the next six games yeah, four if, if things go wonderful uh, and, and call it a day and, and go home from this road trip, you know, obviously four would put them at 
a split of the road trip, which we said last week, if they can split this road trip, that's great position. So that's still kind of my hope is that they can win four of these next six games. Uh, but if they can really get through them reasonably healthy and ideally maybe the, the D-backs and Padres keep losing or D-backs start losing some games, Padres keep losing some games. So the Dodgers can come out of this in first place. That would be great. But uh, yeah, they got to get through this stretch and they got to start hitting uh, even more than they have been. Yeah. That's going to do it for us for today. Uh, like I said, Dodgers start the series in Atlanta today. It's Gavin Stone against uh, Charlie Morton, I think, for the Braves. I know Morton's pitching one of the games, either game one or game three. I think it's Charlie Morton today. Uh, and as I mentioned, you can listen to the game on SiriusXM or the SXM app. On the app, just search for Dodgers or on your SiriusXM radio in your car. Go to channel 180. Uh, and you can also find this podcast on the SXM app. Just search for Locked on Dodgers. If you're not an everydayer here, We'd love if you join that club. It's really easy to join. Just start watching and listen every day. It's easy to find wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube. Uh, and I mean, you're watching or listening right now, so you know how to find it. Just do that every day. Uh, and for extra bonus points, do both. Watch it and listen to it every day. Then you're a double everydayer. Hashtag double everydayer, which isn't a thing, but you know, make it a thing. Tell us you're, you're a double everydayer. We will say your name on the podcast every single day if you're a double everydayer. Or don't hold me to that promise. Anyway... Uh, you can uh, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSense91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.